we worship you, Father. Hands are lifted up tonight in surrender and adoration and praises. Oh, God, when we think of what you went through for us, Jesus, the pain you bore and the suffering, this very week, Lord, we're remembering you tonight, Lord Jesus, in this communion service, wanting to bring our hearts and our love now and our adoration into focus for all that you did for us, all that you do for us. We want to give back to you in communion, speaking back and forth, having fellowship. Lord, may tonight's service be sweet. We're asking that together as a congregation, not knowing what communion would be our last communion together like this, our last supper as it was. So we remember tonight's service. Pray that you'd put strength into the people, healing into the cup, Lord, into the word of God would bring healing out across the congregation. The unseen ones that are streaming, may there be spiritual communion. May the atmosphere be so filled with your glory, so filled with your presence, Lord, that hearts would fall in love with Jesus. All of us, Lord, fall in love with Jesus again and again and again. Lord, if we've gotten cold or stale, and as we do approach this with sincerity, would you forgive us of our sin? Great high priest, may the blood cover each one of these saints, each believer, each heart that has come to this meeting, Lord. I pray that your presence, Lord, would bring faith into their hearts. Calvary is still present, Lord. Your blood is sufficient. Lord, may our eyes come open tonight to your presence. Come down tonight in a special way. Visit us. Speak now a few words to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Mark chapter 14. We're going to turn right to the scripture. We want to uh, welcome our sister Lou, uh, Brother Jariah's uh, mother and his sister from China. They're in the back row right over here. They were here this morning. We welcome them all the way from China. want them to feel at home. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Sorry, it's hard to clap with a sword in your hand. Amen. And all the saints from Seattle and every heart, we are bringing our thoughts now into the communion service. And we're not going to be lengthy. And we're going to speak on sweet communion. Sweet communion. Mark 14, as we see in verse 1 and 2, that this was uh, near the time of the feast of the Passover which is speaking of the token time. You remember that? And it was nearing the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. If you look down through this uh, chapter, this is when Judas comes to um, um, covenant with to betray Jesus, we have the last Passover in verse 17 to 21 and down through the Last Supper. We're going to uh, slip down to verse 32 after the communion service, Jesus' Last Supper. And they came to a place which was called Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter. And James and John. 
and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. Here's this word again that's been ministered on in the last few weeks on watch. He asked them to watch. Be awake. Be vigilant. It means to be waiting, but to be in action. To give strict attention to and to give heed uh, to yourselves and to your life. That through remission and idleness, some destructive calamity would come upon you. And this is what he asked them to do in verse 34, was to watch. Be awake. Be vigilant. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, my Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray. Notice the words of Jesus asking his disciples, Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready or willing, but the flesh is weak. I think that's what Brother David was praying tonight. Our spirit is often willing, but our flesh is weak. Verse 39, and again he went away. This is the second time and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wits they what to answer him. And the third time, verse 41, and he came the third time and said unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up. Let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. Verse 43, and immediately while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve. And you can look down through these verses. The chief priests and the scribes and the elders, they came. And Judas betrayed him with a kiss. It wasn't the time to be asleep, was it? Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats tonight as we turn to the time. All the words expressed in the atmospheres for communion tonight. And we want to speak on these things and trust it will be a joyous time for you and I as we come together to watch and pray. How many want to watch and pray tonight? And be alert. Be waiting. Sweet, sweet communion. Sweet is more than just something that's sugary. It's something deeper than that for the believer. It's satisfying. Something that's gratifying to not our flesh, but our souls. How many desire it to be that way? Communion should be enjoyable. Sweet communion with the Lord Jesus should be rewarding. Something that's pleasing. Something that is Back and forth. That's what communion is. It's not God speaking to you alone. Neither is it just you talking to God. Communion is back and forth. That's what it means. Communion means to talk to. 
Actually, if you look at the word communion, I know it's on the screen there. The last uh, five letters in the English language is union. So it has to do with uh, union or fellowship, a closeness, an intimacy. It also means to be in agreement together. Sweet communion. We desire it to be that way tonight. Sweet intimacy, something that is uh, lovable, something that's engaging. I'm sure all of us have been in situations, maybe even conversations that haven't been sweet before. It's been harsh. Maybe it's been hard. Maybe it's been uh, arguable and intense. You get into situations that are tense and, and you would say, my, that was a real mean conversation. That was a very bad communion. That was a bad time. So when we speak about our time with the Lord, we want it to be sweet. It's the opposite of harsh. It's the opposite of just rushing into something. But it's, it's sweetness. It's, uh, it's being kind. It's being thoughtful. It's being considerate. It's being, uh, uh, what would he desire? What's on your heart tonight, Lord Jesus? It's also something that's fresh. Fresh communion. You don't want to just be repeating words and raising idle hands and singing songs we've sang many times before. Let's go back to the garden. I don't think Peter, James, and John, which were the chief disciples, if they would have known a week later that this was their last time to pray with Jesus, I don't think they would have fell asleep. I think those words of watch and pray with me would have been echoing in their heart. They would have been alert. They would have been kind of shoving one another. Come on, brother. I, I know it's weary. I know it's Thursday night and we've gone through a lot today. But, you know, let's just be up and be, be with our, our... Jesus needs us. So it is tonight. We, we have the privilege of knowing what's going to happen and the, the rapture's here. This is not a time to be lazy. And slothful and, and, and be dilatory. But let there be a sweet communion. It's something that's wholesome and harmonious. harmonious, Something that's moving. When Brother Branham spoke this in Edmonton. On expectations and leadings of the spirit. He was talking about fellowship. Divine. Oh, what blessed sweet communion. Jesus is a friend of mine. I wonder tonight, do you know him that way? When he speaks to you and I. Oh, what blessed, sweet communion. Jesus is a friend of mine. Communion. And tonight, as we know, this is actually Palm Sunday. This is a time uh, when we look back in history that they took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were actually saying, blessed is the king of Israel. Palm Sunday. Not knowing by Thursday and by Friday morning they would be crying out for his blood. Crying out for his blood. And here he comes in on the Sunday. And now we've come now to the Thursday night now of the Last Supper. And actually it's this week before Easter. We can be remembering this. Jesus was with his, last, with his disciples for the last time. We would call it the communion or the Last Supper. And then he went to the garden and he was praying in agony. It wasn't a joyous uh, occasion. He was praying. He wanted the cup to pass. I, I, want the, I, I want to be able to go through this. Lord, is it possible that we go through this without the cross? He was going through a lot of struggle there in the garden of Gethsemane. As we see Peter, 
James and John sleeping and he's groaning, not just once, but he went and woke him up and said, pray with me, watch with me. And he went back and he was alone. He was struggling it out. Tonight we ought to be thankful that he, he really died in the garden. Really, he was dying to himself, showing that we don't need a big crowd around us. Tonight, we don't need a big church or auditorium and men and women, moms and dads to tell us you can make it. If you have to pray alone, if you have to go through this alone, God's with you. I think that's been the theme also. Sweet communion. And he was bringing now his disciples to this place in Judas, which was one of the 12 disciples, came at this very dark time and, and betrayed him with a kiss. A Judas kiss, you would say. And then we know that he went and took the stripes that were put upon his back. Each one of those stripes was for our healing. That tonight when we take the cup or eat of the bread, you can claim healing. Tonight in this service, there can be sweet communion. You might be sick. You might be estranged from God. You might be, uh, your, your experience might have got cold. But I pray as just his presence here tonight that he would bring delight back to that communion. And by his kindness and by the sweetness of his presence would draw your heart into a love affair. We desire that, Lord Jesus. To take this intimacy and as we know he stood before them, the scribes and Pharisees, which should have been the, the rulers of the message. And they committed him over to the Romans. And, and here we are Friday afternoon hanging on a cross in shame, naked. It was all for us. I was thinking this morning of his pain and his suffering and what he went through for you and I was so that we can be free. I think this could be one of the greatest communions of our whole life. A great revelation as we come to this Easter that in this Passover season that the Lamb of God was present. The worthy one was present. It was the Passover season. And when we talk about the, the token, that, that was at the Passover season. And here they were celebrating the Passover and the very lamb was coming to his place. He was coming. They were fulfilling it right there in front of them. I don't believe they really even knew till later. Even maybe the day of Pentecost really. Because that was the life of Jesus coming back into the body. What was really happening? And tonight we have the privilege of receiving the Holy Ghost. Receiving communion, fellowship with Jesus, with God Almighty. Isn't that wonderful? The worthy one was present. The only one that was worthy to, to even give his life for our sin, he was present. The sacrifice for our sin was present. The healer was present. The Savior was come. Glory to God. What Simeon saw in a little baby now, salvation has come. Zacchaeus, we heard about this morning, salvation visited his house. But what happened on Calvary made a way for us. Tonight we can come running back into fellowship and run back into communion and say, Jesus, Jesus, I want this intimacy. Don't you want more fellowship with Jesus? Right at a time of a, of a Passover season, the lamb appears. 
And he comes on the scene. What was about to happen, what was about to happen this very week was to release virtue for all those that were sick. All those that were diseased. Whether it's their bodies or whether in their minds or whether spiritually, what was getting ready to take place was to release power for deliverance. A channel was being opened for salvation. It was being made open for the Holy Ghost to come to the elect. And we know that in the Old Testament, the blood was the token on the door. Here, the Passover season. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. But in the New Testament, the Holy Ghost is the token. The Holy Ghost is the blood cell that is broken for you. And it's released. It releases a quickening power to every believer tonight. So it's not you living alone, but it's a power can be released. I I say, Lord, in this communion, release that power upon us from the youngest to the oldest. Let us experience a wave of your presence, Lord Jesus. It's rapture time. It's time for the change. Just think about it this week as we meditate on this communion that day at Calvary and all the prophecies that were being fulfilled surrounding this season are not to just be remain as historical or just facts, or just something in the past. As Brother Michael Ray spoke about uh, making these things for our children and make them alter so that they remember. I I believe that these things that have happened and Calvary and the uh, appearing of the Holy Ghost, even today and the message of the hour, that they are to remain current. I believe it's up to date. I believe the Holy Spirit is even speaking out throughout this service that he's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same tomorrow. It's not a flash in the pan. I believe if Peter, James, and John would have known what was coming, they would have been awake. Because when Judas walked into the room or walked into the garden and all the swords and all the torches, then they woke up. Then they, their hearts got stirred. Then their flesh, which was weak, got aroused. And that was just something going on in the outside. It was, it was just another step of the book. But today there ought to be a spiritual communion beforehand. So that when the Holy Spirit says, watch and pray, or can't you tarry with me? Can you bear this burden that we're not just going through Laodicea and having communion with every false spirit that would be trying to come into our hearts, but we would be shaking those things off saying, Father, I want communion with you, Lord Jesus, in an age that is so inconsiderate, that is so harsh and hard, and rude, and in your face. God is asking us to come to a sweet communion with Him. In Hebrew series, and we're not going to be long, remember, so every, every quote and everything we say is very pointed for communion. He said, God called Abraham to separate himself from all his kindreds and to walk with him. It means that you've got to take everything between you and God and walk with Him alone. Oh, oh, that blessed sweet communion. That fellowship that you have when you separate yourselves 
from the things of the world and carnal believers who's making fun of you and walk alone with Christ. And it's exclamation meaning it was said with some spirit and some passion. God return back the passion of what you went through. But may there be a passion of communion now. Believers with a lovely Lord. This very week friends all that he went through was for you and I. We can grab a hold of that and come into his presence. Even tonight and say God I want that sweet communion. I don't want it to be dry and ritual. I don't want it to be looking back to yesterday and saying he's the God of yesterday. You're the God in this room right now. Brush my cheek, Lord. Touch my heart. Give me a new heart. Give me spirit back, Jesus. He didn't die in vain. He didn't die in vain, brother. Precious, that was a wonderful... Our precious brother, he was a wonderful song tonight from the Philippines. Isn't that fantastic? We can have communion with one another, communion with the Lord. Communion, a closeness, something that is being brought between Christ and the bride and the body has been made possible by a restoration message. Thank you, Lord, for that. He brought it current. He brought it present now. This spiritual communion that is between us tonight, that God's communicated His voice and His thoughts to us by the opening of the Bible. Thank God for the Bible. I don't think Brother Tom is going to minister again before he leaves, but he showed us in the back room the first uh, testimony of the first baptism of, in China of someone being brought to the Lord through the new website of the Bible, just being made available to the Chinese, and there's already been a convert. That's God's love letters. God's thoughts to this generation. Because he wants communion. It's, it's not a one-way street. It's when you read it and you find out, my sins can be forgiven. I'm the bride of Christ. It ought to mean something more to us. as God communicated his thoughts through the Bible. That's number one. But God also communicates by his word for each age. Communicated through the messengers through the reformers, through the prophets, through ministry. God's putting on the dress wear so that we're not naked. We can talk to him and not be ashamed. His clothes were pulled from him. He was ashamed. Can you imagine being before your family and the church family naked? He bore all that to put a garment back on us. So my wife don't have to be ashamed. Thank you, lovely Lord Jesus. God's given us ministry that can communicate his thoughts. And lastly, he communicates by personal dealings with us. Personally, in all three of these things, the Bible and messengers and dealings will not contradict one another. So with all of these things, God has communicated to us. And it's our time to communicate back. And I want that to be sweet. We never want to portray that it's, we're dangling over hell by a little chain. We've been brought into God's presence. And it ought to be sweet. I pray that atmosphere would permeate even throughout this service. That 
talking to God isn't like you're coming before just the judge, but it's before someone that loves you and wants to pardon you. He, he is the judge, jury, and attorney, but he's wanting to blot it all away. Just, he wants to hear your voice. I've been wrong. Father, forgive me. I mean, just like you never did it in the first place. But if we're quiet and we're not willing to open up our hearts, we're not willing to say anything, he's the high priest of our confession. Speak it out there. Just, I desire this, Lord. Sweet communion. It's something that we talk to him and he talks back and we wait a little bit. We're, we're busy. We're so guilty of rushing. Is that true? We're guilty of rushing. Life is nervous and quick. It demands our attention. It demands our time. It demands our affection. But he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's sweet communion. And it's, you know, friends, sometimes you can look at the word or look at Christ and it seems hard. It comes across tough sometimes, maybe Harsh even, it can come across really black and white sometimes. You can say the standard is really, really high. And if we look at things carnally, we can get almost confused or discouraged. But I want to say tonight that God is able to live his word through a consecrated life. If they'll just be filled with his Holy Spirit, it's not them living it anymore. It's Christ living it in them. So his yoke is easy. Oh, I trust some of you by the end of the service could say, Lord, your yoke is easy. Not my will, but thy will be done. It seems to be very difficult, Lord. And I've had to lay aside this and I've had to lay aside that. And Abraham laid aside what his family thought and his kindred. And he walked with God alone. You say, my serving the Lord is such a lonely experience. But friends, it ought to be just the opposite. It ought to be walking with Jesus. It's so wonderful, Brother Tim. It's so precious to know that his love has surrounded me. God wants me to make it to heaven. He wants my family to be strong. He wants our church to be in unity and harmony. And and he just wants that communion so much. Hallelujah. How many believe that tonight? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. We can get on the opposite and say, my, the yoke is tough. And man, the burden is heavy. But my yoke is easy. My burden is light so amazing what we're speaking about tonight about communion that the world has perverted it in fact as we'll see here the days gone by this was the family in days gone by maybe a father maybe a mother maybe an auntie or uncle children kneeling down praying having time with the Lord communion oh it was sweet but now it's become this Now it's where everyone's on their gadgets. Everyone's looking at some device. Let us be careful. We're not pulled into some device of the enemy, some trap. You say, oh, for the days gone by. No, it's these are the days. But it's now being able to recognize, Lord, we need communion. Uh, Let me just show you some examples. This is not sweet communion. We can talk about it all we want to, but when it comes into our families, this is not sweet. This is not sweet. 
You have a father and a son that could be sharing, could be having some time together, and one's talking to one. I don't think they're talking to one another. (laughs) But here they are, one's talking one way, one's talking to another, communication. You can actually be having relationships going on in the same house, and people don't even know about it. That's not sweet. And it turns out that it's not sweet. Here, here you have a picture of things that are happening in, fo- in homes, people on a cell phone. One's, the mother's locked into her device and the teenage girl's on her tablet and the young man is on his computer, maybe gaming or something. There on the bottom you see families, all, they're all connected digitally and they're, they're not looking at one another. That's Satan's way of getting, coming into a family. It used to be, well, grandpa's would take books maybe and read to their children. Maybe show them photo albums. They could share. They could talk and reminisce. And this is the way maybe they communicated. Today it's this. People can be in the same house and be very disconnected. That's not sweet. It's very digitized. It's very, it's very empty. It's, it's, oh, it's almost like they can be in another world. One's living in their world and one's living in another world. And, and, and even little children are, are coming up now to where they're, they're looking at devices and things and they don't know how to relate to one another. And it, and it becomes where it's not sweet. They don't even know how to communicate. It's and they want to get their point across, but it's never a communication. It used to be where when the Bible was taken, and Brother Branham talked about mothers taking their Bibles and reading to their children, or people taking a Bible, maybe turning the pages. I know Brother Tim spoke on this a little on Wednesday night, and, and there is a good, and there's also the other side. Now today it's a lot of gadgets, and there's a lot of things that the Bible says is on my device, or the message is on my device, or you can see this video, this inspirational thing. It, it used to be, it used to be this was the way that you communicated, or you read something, but now this is maybe more the familiar way today, a device. You say, Brother John, you're speaking against that. No, this is just the time we're living in. This is the era we're living in. But make sure that don't cause your communication to not be sweet. May the Lord help us. As Brother Branham in 1962 in communion in Jeffersonville was talking about this word communion means to talk. It means to talk. He didn't say text. And it's just true. Most people communicate today in this new generation by texting. Not a lot of talking. You can talk to the phone companies or look at your own, you know, your own self. A lot of it's texting. You say, that's back and forth. Well, but commune means to talk. You say, I talk to that person. Well, to communicate. Back and forth. Commune means to talk. Communion really means to have fellowship and talk with one another. Maybe you talk on the phone with someone. You carry on a conversation. You're communing with another. This is Brother Bradham saying this. If we could come aside and stand back in the back of the building and individual and the pastor or two people, they are communing one with another. How many is thankful for foot washing? About half of you. Who's thankful for foot washing? Amen. You know, in a few minutes, there's only three things that he really asks us to do. Three ordinances. Baptism, communion, and foot washing. 
And we have the privilege of two in one night. There's something about taking a sister's feet or a brother's feet and there to be a communion or talking with someone, sharing with someone, communing, getting their burden. It's a very need of today when people live in their own world. They live in their own realm. But God bring us into sweet communion. I know there's people that even used to attend our church and they'd come for the communion and they'd leave right away and not have foot washing. They, they never participated in foot washing. And you can have this excuse or that excuse, but it's part of the word of God. It's part of a blessing from God. It's part of being connected with one another. We can pray for them. Pray for somebody else. They pray for you. Sometimes it's hard for someone to pray for you. And they're blessing you and bless your family and bless this single person. And you're like, someone actually is praying for me. That's why foot washing is very good. Don't miss it tonight. It's sweet communion. Oh, Jesus, help us to be more aware when we're with one another. To allow this kind of attitude and atmosphere to come across to one another. As we've heard in the news in the last weeks, people go to school one day and they, they don't make it alive out of that school. They're driving down a road and a walkway comes down over their vehicle. And one of them makes it out and the other one passes away. A friend that was coming from the hospital and somebody gave him a ride and here this 950 ton bridge just collapsed on their car. And the young lady's taken And the young man makes it through. They're sitting right next to one another. God help us to love one another and realize that if this is our last supper, the last communion, the last service, let one another know that we love them. We we genuinely care. This is Christ coming through us. I see Christ. I see the Lord. It's Jesus communicating through one another. This will be one of my last quotes. Brother Branham said in his last communion service in Tucson, can you believe in 1965 he said, we look around and see the way that the human mind is leaving the people. And we can't stay too much longer. We be in a complete insane institution, the whole world would be. So we're at the end time. I believe we can say tonight, that's been fulfilled. We're living in an insane institution where people have lost their minds. And in the middle of that hell, God is asking you and I to have sweet communion. They've gone crazy. They devour one another. They bite one another. They, they literally chew up and spit out one another. It's hell on earth for, for many of them. This is the best they'll ever have. God help us to have sweet communion in a world that is going insane. And he said now as he's coming to his last communion service, you might remember that with Brother Perry Green was the pastor. And Brother Branham was in his last service recorded meeting, having communion. He said, we're fixing to observe something here that's really sacred. Do we recognize how sacred that is? Have we raised our families to recognize this is sacred? He used the words, a showdown. We've come to a showdown. That means communion is to make things right. 
Are we together now tonight? Sweet communion means to make things right, not with, with, under some law or just while I'm looking you in the face and I, I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed, but he speaks back and forth to us saying, but I want to do something greater so next time there's, there's another life there. And don't you want that? Then you say, yes, Lord, I, I want to go deeper. I want to go further. Lord, baptize me tonight, Jesus. I consecrate myself. I, I'm entering into this fellowship with you, Lord. I want it to be fresh. I want it to be pure. I want there to be harmonious movement in my life. Something that's engaging, appealing, Lord, to where I enjoy this. Lord, let it be where we enjoy our salvation, where we come to the communion. And and I'm just going to speak on both sides before I close because let's just speak about this for a moment as the communion service. The desires of Jesus has not changed. The desires of Jesus has not changed when he said, watch and pray. So when we come to the communion, the atmosphere surrounding communion or the Passover is not joking. It's not laughter. It's not lightheartedness. I don't believe Jesus was carrying his cross up Golgotha, giving him high fives. It was heavy. He felt the pain. So surrounding the Passover is not always just joking and light lightness. It's one of sincerity. We, we tonight ought to look at one another with soberness and quietness. We approach communion, it should be with thankfulness and joy, yes, but there should be a meditation. And there ought to be an area of self-reflection and examining. That's what Paul taught, that when we come together, that we wait on one another. We, there's moments of silence. You say, well, I, I, moments of silence, I've just got to get through this, or this is kind of nervous, this is kind of, a person just feels edgy sometimes when it comes to a moment. no. That's the time for your heart to be engaged. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm active. Do you believe it should be that way? Not always just, that's where, where they miss it. That's where Pentecost failed. And it just becomes some light bread and some, some grape juice. It just becomes something casual. It's not that to the believer. This is token time. This is the time of the Passover. And it ought to move us. If we are humans, and, and to come spiritual ought to bring our emotions to the surface. It's not the time to push it down and say, you know, men don't cry. That's not a true statement. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Don't let that be the shortest verse in a Sunday school Bible, the shortest verse in the Bible, let it be a real lesson to us that communion and sweetness has to do with weeping and opening up our human hearts to the Lord Jesus. He's my Savior. He's my healer. He delivered me. Or maybe you're on this side. You say, I need deliverance. I need help. My help cometh from the Lord. Can I go into this just before we... It's our time to go to the communion now. But in the token night, if we have a little webcam 
of a believer's home, the father would have been clothed. This is some of my last thoughts. The father would have been clothed. He would have had his staff in his hand. His sandals would have been on. And he would have been watching and looking. That's the atmosphere of the token family. The mother would have been prepared. She would have been focused. It would have been making the lamb ready. Looking to the lamb. Is everything ready? Is everything are the children all in? The children would have been obedient. As we heard this morning in Luke 2, Jesus was subject to his parents, so the children would have been under subjection, not just always running around. There's an atmosphere of the token. There's an atmosphere of communion, that, that it's sweet. They want to be there. Where the word is preeminent. That's where the families would have been. The word, Christ is our absolute. The, the, the hearts would have been making themselves right. They would have been burdened for one another. As we come now to the communion service, we should be burdened for one another. And the church should be tonight in readiness for the coming of the Lord. Ready to leave. This is the atmosphere that ought to be settling over us in our communion, our, our supper tonight. That we're making preparations. That's in our body language. That's in our posture. It ought to be one of total surrender. Hands up, earnest, receptive. We should be in a giving mode. What can I do? It's Palm Sunday, so our palms are up. I'm giving, Lord. I'm, I'm ready. But there all should be a receiving mode. That's communication is back and forth. It's receiving God's thoughts. So in conclusion tonight, you say, well, if someone's been disconnected and estranged from the presence of God, what's the answer? Just come on back. Can I say this in conclusion? You say, but my, I'm restless. I'm, I'm going. I'm distracted. Just come on back. As the prodigal son, this is our prayer tonight. When the Bible says, and when he came to himself, he came to his right mind. He came to his right senses. The sixth sense. He came to faith. He came to his right mind. Lord, turn those lights on tonight. Let the communion be sweet. Let it be where the mind of Christ, where home started to mean something to him. Church started to mean something. The brother started to mean something. The sister started to mean something. The song started to mean something. The prayer started to mean something. Communion ought to mean something. It ought to be where I'm glad to be back at home. I'm glad to be back where I can worship. I'm glad to be back where the presence of the family is in unison and harmony and we're focused in now on sharing from the Lord where the value of home is greater than the world. Where the presence of God is greater to you and I than the world. Then take the whole world. But give us Jesus. Just take it all as we bow our heads. His choices had led him away from sweet communion. And to you tonight that are enjoying and walking in a walk with the Lord Jesus, I encourage you tonight, 
Really enjoy it. Drink to the fullest. Draw in all the benefits now tonight. Just draw it all in. Prick your hearts. Be watching. And in prayers, we share these times with one another. Share this goodness now with others. Become one who's not, who's also sweet. In communion, where you begin to talk to and understand where God puts these things now on our hearts that we can share. Heavenly Father, we've come now to this time of communion. We've heard your word now and the songs will begin to play and the atmosphere is just right. We pray that our hearts would be cleansed. Separate us from the world and from Laodicea and from the hustle and bustle. Bring us back to our minds. Bring us back to the mind of Christ. Bring us back to your word, Jesus. Bring us back, Lord, to the sweetness again. Bring us back to this freshness again and to that love affair with you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, as we wait upon you, as we wait in your presence, now we just wait, Father, upon you. Would you come now and may there be love and peace and comfort and joy, healing spread throughout this meeting, Jesus. May it be spread to one another, Lord, as we partake now of, of the cup, the wine, and the bread, of partaking of what you went through, this do in remembrance, Lord. Let each one of our hearts, Lord, be brought into this place of surrender and dedication. Not our will, but your will be done. Heavenly Father, we wait upon you now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just stand together and sing that song again. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. We'll turn right to the communion service. Oh, Jesus is the sweetest.